Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You are listening to a special message from our five-year celebration. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Like, listen, y'all, if, if you know all that God has done in five years, you would give him a bigger praise than that in this place. So listen, today is a celebration. So are you guys ready? I know it's 930 um, and I try, like, I, I love, I love to worship. I love to praise, but I really lost my voice on Friday. So I was, I was trying to keep it, keep it down here, but we can, we can bring it up because y'all don't have to preach. It's just me. So you, you guys can lose your voice. Come on. Uh, man, God has been good. So I'm, I'm just excited to share. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 27, it says, but God, someone shout, but God. but God. Those are my two favorite words in scripture because they interject something, right? Like my life was going one way, but God, yeah. right? I had, I had my plans. I had my purposes, but God, you see that? But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I'm going to do some bragging today, but it's going to be on Jesus. Come on, somebody. So five years in, 1,975 days ago, we started, and I think this entire time, it's all been a grace job. It's a grace job. That's what I want to speak on today. It's a grace job. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. You guys can find your seat in this place. Come on, who's excited to be in church today? Hey, listen, you mind just high-fiving the person next to you and say, welcome to church today. Come on, so glad that you could be here. Uh, my wife and I, we met way back in 2011. Come on, somebody. Time flies back in 2011. And uh, we kind of have a running joke. I don't know if she thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. Uh, when we met, we did the typical thing that you do when you get to know someone. You, you tell them about your life, who you are, uh, your background, your heritage. Uh, now, uh, I, I told her my background, my heritage, and maybe some of y'all don't know what my background is. Uh, number one, uh, I, I say y'all, uh, and someone, someone last week thought I was American. Uh, I'm, I'm born and bred in Edmonton. I don't know where y'all came from, but, uh, but my, my heritage, my background, my dad is from India. Uh, come on. And my mom, she's, uh, she's Canadian, but uh, her background before that, a little bit Ukrainian, a little bit Scottish. And so all that means is I love curry and pierogies. Come on, somebody. 
And, and, and what it's really meant my entire life is that, like, I can, I can really be whatever race you want me to be. Like, you want me to be Spanish? I'm Spanish. You want me to be black? I'm black. Like, people have thought I'm everything on the spectrum. Uh, that's kind of what happens when you start mixing things. You just, people don't know what you are. Uh, now, uh, Christy, my wife, uh, her dad uh, is from Germany, and her parents actually escaped Germany. It's a, it's her, her grandparents uh, actually escaped Germany. It's a crazy story. And so our, our kids, we have four kids. If you're keeping track so far, a little bit Indian, Ukrainian, German, Scottish. Like our kids are the whole United Nations. Come on. Now, as we're getting to know each other, she tells me about her dad. I, I gave him my background, and I said, Chris, I said, Where, where's your mom from? And she said, well, she's Canadian. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, my mom's Canadian, too. But, like, before that, where are they from? And she's like, just, like, Canada? And I'm like, Chris, let me, let me give you a little history lesson here. I was like, unless your, your family's indigenous, which they're not. I was like, they're not actually from here. She's like, yeah, I don't maybe, like, America? Uh, and now I was like, and, and so the joke has become, like, you literally don't know where your mom's family came from? Uh, to this day, she doesn't know. Now, I don't blame my wife. It's not her fault. It's her mom's <laughs> and her grandparents. Because you need to understand something. It doesn't take very long for stories to be lost. It, it, it can be lost in, in a generation or two or even sooner than that. If, if people are not constantly told the story of where they came from and how they got here, it's really easy to lose it. It's really easy to forget. And so what I want to do today, if you guys didn't know, if you're new today, there's a big five on this stage. Today is Kingdom Church's fifth birthday. And we started uh, this church, I, it's crazy to think, five years ago. And what, what I want to do, because I know that the Lord has been doing such a great thing in this church over the last number of months. But I just believe that my job today is to share the story of our church. <clears throat> because I know, like, a lot of us, you guys weren't here. Some of you guys weren't even here last year, let alone five years ago. And so I believe a part of what I have to do as a spiritual father in this church is I need to tell the story of where we came from. Because if we lose the story of where we came from, if we forget or don't know all that God has done in the past, a lot of times we can move forward in the future with fear and trembling because we don't remember how God has been faithful in the past. And so what I want to do today is I want to share a little bit of the faithfulness of God. And my hope is that as I share about God's faithfulness, you are able to see in your life God's faithfulness as well. And I always say this, if you call Kingdom Church home, this is just not the church's story. This is your story. This is our faith story. So if you do not know, uh, my wife, Christy, and I, we have been uh, at this church from the very beginning. Uh, the, the idea and the vision that God gave us uh, started in my basement in May of 2018. And I, I did some quick math. I don't know how accurate it is. So you can go fact check me later. But I believe that, as I said before, that means that we've, been, uh, had, have, we've had the privilege of serving and leading this place for 1,975 days, uh, which is amazing. And God is so good. Uh, but what happens in 1,975 days is a lot of things. 
A lot of things happen in five years. Even for us personally, uh, when we started the church, we had no kids. Now we have four kids. Uh, when we started the church, we lived in Edmonton. Now we live in the land of milk and honey, St. Albert. Uh, our, ch our church, uh, we've had three different locations. Started in the basement, then we were at Victory Life for almost four years, and then we've been here for a year. And I just, I know that like that's a lot of places, a lot of things, so it's easy to forget all that we've been through, all the places God has brought us. So one of the things that I did this week, and, and I kind of always do it uh, around this time of the year, is I go back um, and I just watch like our previous anniversary services so I can kind of just like have a timestamp to see what, what, what were things like in that moment, in that time. And so I went back to our first year anniversary. I don't know how many guys were there for year one, uh, but I preached uh, a sermon called Waymaker, Waymaker. And then I noticed a trend that the first three years of our church, because last year, year number four, Brett preached for our anniversary sermon, but uh, the first three years I preached, and I noticed a trend that I named every single message uh, after a song. First year was Waymaker. Second year was Won't Stop Now. And third year was build your church, all three after songs. And I kind of do that because I don't know about you guys, but the Lord speaks to me a lot through worship um, and just puts things in my spirit. And what's funny is like year one, Waymaker, I just really felt like that we were celebrating the fact that God had made a way, right? That we were able to get that far, able to get to year one. Uh, year two, we had just come out of COVID, just come out of lockdown. And so I think the word that God gave the church was won't stop now. We're not going to stop now. We're just getting started. And then year three was build your church. Um, and today, I don't have a song. Sorry, y'all. Uh, unless there's a song called It's a Grace Job, which I haven't, I haven't heard. Uh, but that's the title of the message today. You guys can write it if you want uh, later, worship team. But the theme that I really want to just share today is this idea of grace. So deep in my spirit, what I feel is just this attitude of gratitude because we are here where we are today by the grace and the goodness of God. And what I want to suggest is that all of us in this room are only here by the grace of God. So what I want to do is I want to look uh, at a passage in 1 Corinthians because Paul, the person that wrote this, 1 Corinthians is found in the New Testament and Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. And they're kind of a wild church, and sometimes, I don't know, we feel like a wild church at times, but Paul is writing to the church, and he just wants to let them know, like, hey, I want to remind you where you came from. So what I want to do today is I want to remind us where we came from, not just as a church, but in our lives. I want you to think about where you were. And maybe today you still feel a little crazy. That's all right. I'm going to encourage us today. So you guys ready to go? First yeah. Corinthians 1, it says, brothers and sisters... Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God, that's where the but God comes in, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong, and God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? So that no one may boast before him. I love this text. Think of where you were when God found you. You weren't wise. You didn't have it all together. But God chose you anyway. 
And I love this pattern of God, that God has this way of choosing the foolish things. The Bible says to shame the wise. Uh, I, had, I had the privilege um, of speaking uh, at the Bible college. There's a Bible college in Edmonton, Vanguard College. We got a few students uh, in the space today. Uh, and uh, I was able to speak there a few weeks back uh, on church planting. I was on a church planting panel uh, now, I wasn't on the panel because I was highly sought after. I was on the panel because three other people got sick. And <laughs> I was the backup of the backup. Uh, but my friend, uh, Pastor Jono, who uh, pastors Evolve Church in Edmonton, uh, he recommended that I come on the panel. Now, uh, Pastor Jono and myself, we're connected in this. Uh, our churches started on the same weekend back in September of 2018, which is kind of cool. So right now, today, I think they're in their first service as well. They're celebrating five years. So can we give it up for Evolve Church in Edmonton? Now, if you've never met Pastor Jono and Nicole, uh, they are, uh, when I think of a pastor, I don't think of me, I think of Pastor Jono. Like, that's, that's what a pastor is. Y'all just got me, I love you. Uh, and we're on this panel, and Pastor, and I, and I know their story because we're kind of connected, but I've never heard it in full. And so we're in front of this panel, and Pastor John is telling his story of how he started the church. And as I'm listening to his story, I'm like, man, they did everything so well. They're so organized. They're so amazing. Um, and then, like, he went, and then I had to share our story of how we started the church. And this is a class of eager minds trying to learn. And I had to just tell the class a preface, especially after Pastor Jono had went, I said, listen, class, I'm just going to tell you guys the story. This isn't advice. I was like, if you want advice, listen to Pastor Jono. I'm just telling you guys the story. Because as I was sitting there listening to, to, to him tell his story, all I could think the whole time was like, man, it is by the grace of God that we're here today. It's just by grace. So can, can I tell you the story a little bit? Just because just, 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 you need to understand, it's been, it's been a grace job for the last five years. So as I said, uh, the church started in our basement May 2018. We lived in Edmonton in a duplex at the time, in a small basement, no air conditioning in that house, middle of summer, and we packed it in our basement. We had a sectional that we split apart and just made room for people to sit. And what we did in the basement is we shared vision. Vision on what we were doing, how we were going to change people. Now, one of the things in these basement sessions that I was hoping to do was share this vision and attract people that I didn't know to come alongside the vision and help plant the church. Um, now, day one, first person that came uh, was Jake. Uh, come on, somebody. And, and, his, and his brother, Max. And uh, I, I, I actually kind of knew them, but like, didn't really know them at the time, didn't have a relationship. And they were the first person to come. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, there's going to be a whole lot of people I don't know coming and joining this thing um, in the basement. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no one else came to the basement that I didn't know already, which is fine. Uh, now, in the basement, we had, we've always had Pastor Brett. You guys, you guys love Pastor Brett. I love Pastor Brett. Um, and he was here on Friday. And so he's always given great advice. And one of the advices that he gave to me when we started, he said, hey, look up uh, ARC, a church planting organization that I, I talked about last week a little bit. And I looked them up, and I didn't know there was a Canadian branch. I just, when I Googled them, it took me to the American branch. And I watched 10 videos by a pastor, Chris Hodges, How to Plant a Church. 
and I watched the 10 videos and I thought to myself, I'm an expert now. I've watched these videos, we're good to go. Now, uh, in the videos, the advice is this. He says, make sure before you actually launch your church, have at least a year, get 50 people, uh, and raise $50,000 before you even start. Now, I, I saw it. I was like, that's good advice. I was like, but what about four months, however many people we can get, and however much money we need? And I'm thankful for the wisdom of people like Brett to look in these organizations, but I'm kind of dumb. And I don't always listen. Our other elder, Pastor Ryan, uh, he had some great advice too the whole summer leading up. He said, Harrison, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would advise that you just wait a little bit. Just, just wait a little bit. Do you, September, sure, you don't want to wait till the next September, at least do January. And I was like, that's great advice. But we're starting September 2018, baby. Whatever happens, happens. Now, it's funny because uh, I, watched, uh, I watched our one-year anniversary as I told you guys. And at our one year anniversary, I told the church, I said, I'm so thankful uh, for the 24 people in, in the basement of my house that, that helped us launch this thing, helped us get here. Uh, but um, I found uh, a couple weeks back, a couple months back, our, our old um, Kingdom Church organization chart. And what it was, was just all the people and the positions that needed to be filled. And what I realized is that I was kind of generous with that 24 number. Uh, because not everyone from the basement, this is crazy, even made it to when we started the church. I don't know who those people were, but they thought, hey, I love the basement. I don't want to move to what's next, which is fine. And so in reality, we were probably closer to 20 people. Now, we had five teams, pretty much the same teams that we serve now. First impressions, kids, all of these things, 20 people. So you do a quick math, that's about four people for each team. The only issue was everyone was on every team when we started. Because we just had to make this thing go. But nevertheless, we started. And I'm not going to lie. I have no idea how we made it. I'm thankful day one, like Prince was there. Come on, somebody. When we started the church, uh, he just showed up. He was a beautiful Filipino boy. And he just said, I want to start helping. And I said, and, and I, I call Prince. I call him my Prince of Peace. That's what I call him. If you know scripture, it's not blasphemous. I just... I call Prince that for, for me uh, because literally, like, he, he was peace for me when we started the church because, like, he knew a whole lot of stuff that none of us knew how to do, right? Like, run a soundboard, turn on the lights. Uh, and, and so um, the first year <laughs> and the first, like, it's just by the grace of God. I remember uh, we, had, uh, we had a pancake breakfast in December. We, we didn't do a service. We did a pancake breakfast instead, and it was like one of the best days of my life because I was like, we don't need a worship team today. We don't need to schedule anyone. I don't need to preach. We're going to have pancakes, uh, and this is church today. And I look back, and I just realized that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, God chooses foolish things. Why? To shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? So that no one may boast before him. Now, you need to understand something. I started the church, when we, we started the church when I was 25 years old. Hear me for a second. You don't start a church at 25 years old unless you have a little bit of a healthy ego. That's just the facts. And... 
what God had to do in the early days of our church was crucify my ego. And I'll tell you, one of the, one of the quickest ways to crucify your ego and, and to, to, to make you think that you're not as good a leader as you think you are is calling people hours before and say, hey, can you play with us this morning? We have no one. That'll, that'll crucify your ego really quick. But nevertheless, it was always God's plan that we start this place. And I look back at those early days, and I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of them. I'm extremely thankful. And I'm thankful that God would choose someone as foolish as me to lead a group of people dedicated to reaching people. Now, there's a statistic, and I don't know how accurate it is, but it says within five years, 50 to 80% of church plants will fail. That's what the stats say. Again, I don't know who's keeping track of these things. And when I look at our story, when I try to add things up, there's a whole lot of moments where we could and maybe we should just be a part of the statistics of church plants that have failed. But the reason that I believe we are where we are today is simply because of the grace of God. It's because of the grace of God. It's not because of anything that we've done, but by his grace. And I have great news. This is great news for all of us today. And this is what I want to share to encourage all of us in our lives, in our walks. Because maybe you're here today and you feel like, I don't have it all together. I don't always do the best things. I don't always do the right things. I, I, I want to be somewhere, but I don't always feel like I am where I want to be. I got great news for you. It's not about you. This has been one of the best lessons that God has taught me in the last five years. It's not about you. Now, I, I want to I celebrate our church, and I'm going I'm to share some more stuff in a moment, but I, I, just, I really feel like I need to preach this to someone today. Because we're in a moment right now where for a lot of us, the messaging that we are told is that your life and your success and your walks are all dependent on you. Depends how hard you push, how hard you grind, how much you do. For some of us, we have this idea that our relationship with God is dependent on us. Depends on how great your disciplines are, how much time you set aside, how often. Listen, I got great news, and it's simply this. God chooses the lowly things. God chooses the despised things. God chooses the weak things. Why? So that people don't rely so much on themselves but on him. And so I have great news for someone today that you feel like you're in a spot that God could never use you. My good news is this. Perhaps that which you think disqualifies you is the very reason that God's called you. God called me into ministry when I was 19 years old. And there was a whole lot of stuff I didn't have when it came to the calling that I believe God gave me. Yet at the end of the day, he called me nevertheless. And what I realized all these years later, it's never been about me. It's never been about my giftedness. It's never been about my faithfulness, but about him and God's plans. And what I want to do for a second is I kind of want to just destroy this rhetoric that I think is actually a poison for so many of us in our souls today. Because many of us are in this place believing the lie that says everything that's coming to me will be because will be because about, because of me. That sentence was really hard to get out. <laughs> because 
if you want to understand how a culture thinks, I'm going to give you guys just, if you want to know how a culture thinks, begin to examine how a culture speaks. Because how a culture speaks will let you know how the culture thinks. Now, a lot of the messaging that we get when it comes to our culture, if you haven't noticed, is centered around ourselves. Right? Culture rhetorics say, believe in yourself. Be true to yourself. Bet on yourself. Trust yourself. Love yourself. Now, there's a common theme in all of these sayings. And now, they're not all bad, except love yourself. But y'all don't like that one ever. The theme in all of them is this idea of self. Now, I want you to understand something. I think there are people in this room that you do need to see yourself in a different way. You need to stop viewing yourself as less than, not enough, not good enough, too broken, too this, too that. But what I want to suggest is that the way in which we do that is not to look in a mirror and try to will ourselves to love ourselves. And to look in a mirror and say, I believe in you. You see, we're in the midst of what I would call right now um, a cultural pandemic, a cultural crisis, whatever language you want to use. And what I think that crisis is, is hopelessness. I think it's brokenness. I think it's lostness. I think it's emptiness. Now, what's interesting is I don't think the church is unique in looking out and realizing there's a whole lot wrong with the world right now. But what I think is interesting is that although all of us can look out and say, man, we need to do better because so many people are lost right now, so many people are hurting right now, yet I look out at the world and although we know we're hurting, how come no one's getting better? And what I began to, to think this week is like, well, what if oftentimes what culture is presenting as the cure is actually the disease? I, I want you to lean in for a second. What if the reason that people aren't getting better is because what they are told is medicine is actually making them sick? I have this belief that most of the hopelessness, most of the brokenness that is, we are experiencing in our culture today is because we have this heavy emphasis on me. We have this heavy emphasis on self. And I'm just here to say, I think that a part of our cultural disease comes from the fact that we are a generation that is obsessed with ourselves. Here's the issue. If the disease is an unhealthy self-obsession and culture says, you just got to love yourself more, you got to bet on yourself more, you got to trust yourself more, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. People are going to get worse, not better. And so the question I want to ask to all of us today, and I'm going to tie this back to our story, but what if the plans that God has for you, what if the way that God wanted you to see yourself had nothing to do with you and everything to do with him? What if we needed to get the focus off of ourselves and put it back on him? What if the spotlight of our life didn't need to shine on me, it needed to shine back to him? Jesus says it like this. He says, seek first the kingdom. You guys have heard this before? Everyone awake this morning? Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. This is some of the best advice that you will, you will ever get in scripture. 
And although it's super simple and super practical, do you want to know why I believe that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom? It's simply this. Because when I'm seeking him first, it means I'm not seeking me first. It means my focus isn't on myself. It isn't on building my brand, my wealth, my status, but on him. You guys probably know this, but oftentimes some of the most depressed, some of the most prone to suicide people are the ones that are called quote-unquote influencers. And I believe that one of the reasons that so many times influencers can be prone to poor mental health is found in the title, influencer. The whole idea of the job is simply this, I need to bring people to me. I need to bring people to me. And it sounds really good because I can have fame and I can have followers and all these things. But what happens like when you don't get the amount of likes that you thought you're going to get? What happens when you don't make the money? You don't get the influence. You see, a lot of times, I think the cure that culture gives us is more like the disease. And how the Lord put it to me was like this. And the issue with all of this is, is simply this. If we made it, we have to sustain it. Did you guys get that? If where I am in life is because of me, it's because of what I've done, the work I've put in, if I made it, then the pressure's on me to sustain it. And I think the collective anxiousness that we feel as a culture comes back to this idea that we put way too much stock in ourselves. I remember, and I don't know where it came from, but when we started the church, I got really bad advice. Um, and, and one of the advice was this. I said, Harrison, I said, every week, take stock at what you did. And if the church doesn't grow, doesn't move forward, you can look back at your week and you can say, I could have done more, I should have done more. Some of the worst advice I ever got. But you want to know why I liked it? You know why we like advice like this? Because it's tangible. Because I feel like, well, if I know exactly what I put in, then I should know what's going to come out. But what's really hard is when you work really hard and then you don't see the results. And it's funny because Pastor Ryan, our other elder, he, he gave me probably the best advice I've gotten the first week we started the church. He said, Harrison, every single week be faithful. And he said, when you go to sleep, he said, as you sleep, God builds the church. That was the best advice I ever got. But I, I didn't like that advice as much as like grind all week, do all you can, because then, then, then you're going to see the results. But his advice was so much better. Because all he said, and this is for all of us in this room, because I, I ain't saying, listen, listen, I'm not saying to be a bum. Because I think scripture also says reap what you sow. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna reap what you sow, right? So if I'm, if I'm sowing nothing, it's not like, oh, thank you for the grace, God. Because listen, even our church, and I'm, I'm going to share some more stories. We didn't do everything right. But here's one thing I believe that we did do right. I believe in every season, in whatever God called us to do, I believe we were always obedient. I believe we were always faithful to the vision that God gave us. I told people all the time when they came to our church, I said, listen, I'm a champion for all the churches around us. We don't need less churches, we need more churches. But I said, this is our vision. People say, should I come to your church? I don't, I don't know. Should you? Go to the place you feel God calls you. This is our lane. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Right? You can go wherever God leads you. 
We've always been obedient. We've always been faithful to the vision that God's given us. And what I realized five years later is that obedience will take you further than ambition ever could. This is for all of us in this room. In whatever your life circumstance is, whatever your job, whatever your relational status, obedience will take you further than ambition. And I say that because we live in a culture that says ambition is everything. Y'all on the Instagram reels, like, wake up at 4 a.m. and start your day. Have you guys seen that one? The guy's like, I live three days before most of you guys live one. Anyone, anyone seen that video? I don't know who said it, but you still live one day, no matter how you slice it. Um, obedience will take you further than ambition ever could. And I love our church's humble beginnings because God gets the glory. But more than anything, if I felt like we are where we are today because of my great efforts or my great plans, then I would have to come under the conclusion that if I made it, I have to sustain it. But if I know that we are here by the grace of God, Lord have mercy, I know the best days are still to come. Because like, I sort of feel like I'm getting better, come on somebody. I'm getting a little smarter. I listen to advice a little bit more. Um, grace got us here. And it's going to take us to the next season as well. And that's your story as well. It's because of grace. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says, it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So, can I, I've kind of, I hopefully been humble about our church's beginnings. Can I boast for a couple seconds about what God's doing in this place? Um, so I have it written like this. It probably doesn't need to be said, but if it's not about us, it's all about him, right? It's all about him. If it, if it there we go. It's all about him. So I want to boast in him. As I said, we haven't done everything right, but we also haven't done everything wrong. Because if we did everything wrong, God ain't going to keep that going. Say bye, Felicia. So, um, as I said, a couple things I think we've got right. Number one, we've always been about Jesus. He's always been the foundation. He's always been the center. We've had this clear, I believe, picture from the Lord that we want to exist to reach people far from God. We will not lose that heartbeat. Now, the Bible says that some plant seeds, some water the seeds, but God is the one who makes it grow. And so I'm thankful to all of you guys over the last five years who have planted. I'm thankful to those of you guys who have watered, but God gets the glory for all the growth. Now, there are two times in our church's history where things happened and they didn't really make sense to me. The first time was during COVID. Now, our church was less than a year and a half old when the pandemic started in March 2020. And like the whole world, we went online fully and solely, and uh, we were completely online for, I think, four or five months. Now, what was weird, because we're a brand new church, we were a very small church, we went online. Um, what happened when we went online is we started to grow. And it didn't really make sense because, like, at that time, everyone was online, and at that time, everyone was putting out their content. Our church, we had bought a camera like two months before COVID. 
right? So we're trying our best, and Kyle, and Kreja, and Megan, and my sister. Like, it was really just all, all, like the four of us every week filming, trying our best. But there was a whole lot of churches doing it better than us. Like, some people are doing live worship. Like, shout out to the worship team. Like, we pre-recorded all of our stuff, and people eventually caught on when, like, the set was the same, and people didn't change. But the weirdest thing happened, we started to grow. Now, obviously, it wasn't butts and seats because there was no seats. And I don't even really trust, like, the metrics of, like, viewership because pastors love saying, like, we had 10,000 people watching. <laughs> um, but what happened was people started to give to the church in the midst of COVID. And now, granted, we had a very humble budget at the time. But in the middle of the summer, we met our budget for the entire year in the midst of COVID. And I was talking to a lot of people during COVID and they were, it was the opposite. Where it was like, people aren't given, we don't know if we can pay the rent, all these things. Um, but people were given. And I don't know if it was like their stipends from the government they were given or what, I didn't really care. But it didn't make any sense. And what I love about it as well is like, it's not because of us. It's just because of God. Now, the second time is like, the last year, but the last like, couple months, y'all. Like, I don't know what's been happening, but the Lord's been bringing people to this place from everywhere. What's really cool, I told you, we started the church with 20 people. Uh, we, we had this thing called Fast Track, which is our, our, our growth track. Um, last week, we had 19 people come to Fast Track. <laughs> which, which is crazy. We're, we're going to add including people in growth track, well over 20 people in one month. And what I love about God, listen to this, is that he can do in a month what you took years to do. And it's just by his grace. And what was, what's funny, early days of our church, if you came to church, we knew exactly where you came from. It was like a family tree. <laughs> like I knew who invited you. I knew the whole story. In the last year, we've lost that, and I'm not complaining because uh, it's been really cool, because people are coming from everywhere, and I have no idea who you are. And the stories have been really similar for a lot of people. For some people, it's been like, man, we were hopeless. We were on the brink of, of, of giving up on church altogether. For some of us, like, my life was falling apart, my marriage was falling apart, and then God let us here. And I'm like, did someone invite you? It's like, no, nah, I was just online looking things up. And God let us here. And What's been crazy, um, and I'm not boasting other than in the Lord, um, a lot of people have told me that they've Googled best church in St. Albert. Like, how'd you get here? Like, I Googled best church in St. Albert, and you came up. Now, listen, I've tried the same Google search, and we don't come up. <laughs> when, I, when I do it every single time, it's St. Albert Alliance. And, I, and I, I, listen, I love, I honor St. Albert. I, they're great people. And when I look at them, I'm like, they probably are the best church in St. Albert. And that's what Google tells me. So I, I don't know what people are searching, but the Lord's bringing people to this place. And I just believe we haven't seen anything yet. We're going to see more stories. And I, I don't want to say that I want to see brokenness, but I want to see more broken people in this place. 
Because I believe when they come to this place, they're going to leave this place healed. We don't just sing these songs for nothing. We're believing in faith that the best is yet to come. So band, come up here for a second because we're going we're to shout, we're going to declare. Um, I want to I give you guys just one more cool story. This happened a couple weeks ago. Um, again, because God's like just doing this thing uh, online. But I, I was talking to this guy and I'm like, how would you come here? And he's like, well, honestly... We were kind of like, I've been, I've been out of church for a long time, like a real long time. And then God started stirring in my spirit this idea. You, you can take this, Jake. Um, God started stirring in my spirit. Actually, no, I need it for a second. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Come on, everyone give Jake a round of applause. Five years, man, he's always on my left, ready to roll. Um, but he's like, I gave up on church. Then the Lord started stirring in my spirit that I need to come back to church. And he's like, so I went on YouTube and I started watching other churches around me. Um, and he's like, I, I did it for a few weeks and I watched one sermon. Um, and he's like, I was extremely discouraged and I was going to give up. He's like, but when the message end, and you guys know how YouTube recommends another video. He's like, YouTube recommended another video uh, and it was your church. And he's like, so I looked at my watch. He's like, I had about a little bit of time left before I had to go. So he's like, I thought to myself, what the heck, I'm going to click the video. He's like, and I clicked the video. He's like, and it was just what I was looking for. Uh, and then he came here the next week. Um, and, and I love stories like that because once again, man, it's got nothing to do with us. It's just the Lord. And what I know to be true is that as a church, we haven't seen anything yet. Vision is what leads us. Obedience roots us, but it's grace that sustains us. And it's grace that's going to lead us into the next season. And so we can be confident moving forward as long as we don't forget how God has led us in the past. So let's stand up for a second. I got a promise for us as a church for the next season, for the next five years, for the next 50 years of this place. My heart, my hope, my desire is that this church has a great history that far exceeds anything that I could hope, dream, or imagine, that far exceeds even me as a person. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. So here's my promise for us, Isaiah 43. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So here's the promise. If we're in this place and we look around, we feel like, man, this world is getting dry. People are getting desperate. People need hope. People need healing. I believe that God has called us as a church body, Kingdom Church, for such a time as this. Our vision for this next year is so simple. Everything can change. That's what everything can change. And I believe it and I perceive it and I see it that God is about to do a new thing. We haven't seen anything yet. There's going to be more people. Come on, somebody. Finding hope in this place. Finding healing in this place. I'm believing that the, 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 the depressed are going to come to this place and they're going to find freedom. I'm believing those crippled by anxiety are going to come into this place and they're going to find peace. I'm believing broken people are going to be made whole and new in the name of Jesus. So here is my call for all of us for the next five years, ten years, however long God has you on this place. Get on board.
It's it. Get on board. Listen, y'all. Kingdom Church, we're not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. And there's a world that is desperate for hope. There's a world that's desperate for Jesus. We don't got time for all-you-can-eat buffets. We don't got time for shows and plays, anything like that. We need people that are committed to hope and healing found in Jesus' name. So come on, let's declare right now. Make this a declaration in our heart that Christ will be the firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Come on, come on. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.